It's no secret that writing can be lonely work, but does it really have to be? Whether you're full-time, part-time, or just starting out, you'll get insights into the tricks, tips, and production habits of writers from every level of the biz. From best-selling authors to those launching their first novels, you're sure to be in the company of friends as we encourage great writers to divulge and share their secrets. This is the Great Writer Share Podcast with your host, horror and sci-fi author, John Crinan. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 71 of Great Writers Share, the podcast where every week we grab an hour or so of time from some of the kindest and hardest working writers around to join us on the show and discuss their approach to the craft of writing, publishing, and staying creative. It is Monday, the 18th of January, 2021, as I record this, so let's dive into my personal update. It's been a quiet month for me. I've been keeping my head down, trying to hit my daily word target of 500 words. It's been going well. I have a few short stories that need to be written this month for some uh, submission deadlines. I also have some bigger projects that I'm working on. It's all a little bit chaotic just now as I figure out (laughs) what the year looks like. Obviously, we're all recovering from 2020. And 2021 had a bit of a rocky start, but I remain optimistic. Ultimately, what it comes down to, though, for me, is always getting in the daily words. So like I said, been hitting my daily targets. And as long as I stick to that, as long as every day I sit down, get my butt in the chair and write my words, then generally I consider the day a win. I have a a wall planner, and at the top of the wall planner, it says, make something new today, even if it sucks. And as long as I make something new every single day, whether that's a piece of fiction or it can be recording a podcast, typically it's writing for me. Then I get a big cross in the wall planner in that day's square, and I feel like the day is a win. So despite the fact that there's no real need to be up early at the moment, we're all still in lockdown in London, uh, in the UK, I guess. And although there's no real need for me to be up very, very early, there's no commute to the day job or anything like that. I'm still getting up most mornings at 5 a.m. for 5 a.m. club. I'm getting in my morning words I'm getting that cross in my wall planner and I'm riding that high for the rest of the day. And as long as I keep doing that for the rest of the year, then I think 2021, regardless of what's happening in the outside world, is going to be a good one for me. So not very glamorous, but putting in the work over here, quietly kicking ass and getting my words done. And hopefully uh, in some future personal updates, I'll have something more exciting to talk about. But right now, let's just keep writing. Today's guest on the podcast is Laura Kendrick, and we talk about getting a master's degree in creative writing, fan fiction, and being authentically you. But before we get into that, I want to remind you about our Patreon community over at patreon.com forward slash greatwritershare where for as little as $1 a month, you can get involved in our behind-the-scenes group, benefiting from early ad-free access to episodes of the show. You can join our private Slack channel, ask upcoming guests any of your questions, and get to watch monthly Q&A videos with me and the other hosts. So if you like the idea of upping your author career and getting all of that good stuff, then one more time, that is patreon.com forward slash greatwritershare. And now, without any further ado, let's dive into the interview with the one and only Laura Kendrick. Laura Kendrick is a Manchester-based multi-genre author with a love of the strange and unusual. 2021 will see the release of her swashbuckling fantasy adventure novel, The Silver Deer Chronicles, plus a dystopian YA novel titled Colourless. She is right now in the process of getting her master's in creative writing and, just today, when we are recording this, has launched a podcast with fellow author 
and great writer share guest Samantha Frost. Um, just as a little aside of the intro, I tried to write a snappy description of the podcast and failed terribly. So maybe we can talk a little bit about that later with Laura. But anyway, back to the bio now. Alongside writing, she is the proud owner of a small menagerie of pets and the complete collection of Diagnosis Murder, that's TV episodes and books. And I met Laura as part of Dan's NaNoWriMo bootcamp last November, and I am very pleased to welcome her to the show. Laura, thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. <laughs> oh, it's a pleasure. It is a pleasure. I, I like the fact that I'm getting to interview some of the characters that I met and bonded so so closely with back in the NaNoWriMo bootcamp. Anyone who listens to the show will remember Sam's episode. Uh, she was also in the bootcamp. So I kind of like the idea that we're coming into this now, and this is going to make... A nice little double bill, I think, with uh, this episode and Sam's, not least because you guys are now joining up and podcasting yourself. But before we get to the podcast and everything else and the bootcamp, I thought it might just be a good idea, um, since you're just at the start of your publishing journey, not at the start of your writing journey, but at the, of your publishing journey, if you could tell us about that writing journey so far. Okay, so um, I'm going to be one of those people that's like, I've been writing as long as I can remember, <laughs> which I have, but my originally I wanted to be a zookeeper. So I've always loved writing stories. I've always loved reading stories. Like I used to hide my light behind a pile of books so my mum couldn't see in the corridor that I was reading at like three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> and... But I wanted to be a zookeeper and then that dream got dashed. And then I wanted to be a teacher of secondary school kids and that dream got dashed. And then I was like, just sort of, I was writing, but like, it was, it was never like, I don't know, I wasn't taking it seriously. All I was doing was writing just like role play stuff. I was writing fan fiction. I was writing little stories I had like a blog with like little original fiction stuff on it um and then a couple of years ago one of my friends was like I was like I need to get start getting serious and I thought that maybe doing DMA was the way to do that and then I've since realized that if I just joined a couple of Facebook groups <laughs> I wouldn't have had to do the MA. <laughs> <laughs> okay fair yeah fair enough that actually does um bring me up because the the masters the me is something that i really want to dig into a little bit because that structured learning about creative writing is something i know nothing about so i'm wondering where are you in the me just now is like how long is that course where are you right now as we talk um in that timeline i am literally i'm right at the end of it so i should have finished my dissertation last year but because of good old Rona, yeah. our best mate Rona came along <laughs> and then now like it's just they extended the deadline. So I was like, well, now they've extended the deadline. I can do NaNoWriMo. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm just I'm right at the end of it um, because I had I had published um, a little thing of short stories on Amazon. But it was literally like a slapped on homemade cover it hadn't been edited properly it'd been edited but not like properly edited <laughs> like what I would do now and it was I ended up I, I think I made about 15 quid off it which was mostly friends buying it and then I took it off the uh, I took it off Amazon um about a year ago and was like right I'm gonna do my MA and then I'll be able to like redo it repackage it resell Wow, I didn't know about the short stories collection. I think every writer, though, has that, or maybe not every writer, but I certainly share that same story where early on when I started writing and started writing with the intent of indie publishing and started to learn more about that world, I did sort of quietly sneak out a little short story on Kindle with yeah, a, a cover that I'd made myself, hadn't really edited had only I don't even know if anyone had properly proofread it and um I think I quickly 
unpublished it. Maybe before anyone bought it, maybe like one or two people bought it. But I was just about to say, when you said 15 quid, I think that is very respectable. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) How long was it up and available for to make that 15 quid? Because that's like if it was just a week, then 15 quid in a week is good. If it was a if it was a year, then maybe that's uh, not you're not enough to retire on. It was about, I think it was about a month because I think it was, I think it was most it was mostly friends that bought it. It was mostly people that I'd already shared bits of the short stories with, and they were excited to read it. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, so is that one of the things then that is in your back pocket that you are going to redo? Because this is one of the questions I have about the Emmy: is like, what kind of writing are you doing? I'm going to jump around a little bit, but obviously in my intro I said you've got. A novel coming out. You've actually got, I think, three novels coming out in 2021, planned novels. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. So that's the Silver Deer Chronicles, both one and two, and Colourless. Um, are they books that you have been writing for a long period of time? Are they books that you've been writing in the MA, or are they books that you are writing on the side of doing the MA as well? So I... Silverdale, I started about when I did my very first NaNoWriMo, so that was like 10 years ago. <laughs> it might be a oh, bit wow. longer than that, actually. And it took me, though it's taken me like 10 years to finish it. And then the second one, I just blasted out in in NaNo. Um, but Colourless, I specifically, because, so the, um, the route that I'm doing on the MA, because you can have different routes, so you can do like, travel writing, poetry, um, adult fiction, and you can do YA and children's fiction. And everybody said to me, you should do YA because you're good at YA. So I was like, I'll do YA. And originally I was going to have Silverdale as YA, but when I've been writing it, I'm like, it's not. It's not supposed to be that. So my second year, I came up with Colourless specifically for the MA. So they're all sort of the plan for them was all sort of there yeah i gave you three options to that to answer that question with and you answered with all three you've got (laughs) one for each answer that that i gave you um okay so that's interesting so the ma then is that is it a two-year course is that how long it takes to complete an ma i know you've got obviously the extension because of covid because everything's the world's gone mad with covid but yeah is it is it would it normally be a two-year process so it's two year part time, it's one year full time. Got you. Okay. And I was doing it part time because I um work nine to five. I have a real job. <laughs> As do I. There's nothing wrong with that. Um Okay, so that's interesting then. So you went from Silver Deer One, which was like a decade plus, and I absolutely had one of those books too. But I'm kind of quiet well not quietly because i'm going to tell you out loud i'm kind of impressed that you are still going to finish it off because my decade novel uh kind of just petered out and got quietly pushed into a drawer so that's impressive that you are that you've seen that through to the end but then you you make the move from a decade long writing project and you write colorless in no more than two years if you picked it up for specifically for the route that you choose through the MA. So how was the writing of those two things different and how was the approach to colourless different? What did you learn from that 10-year process that you that allowed you to then finish something in a much shorter time frame? So when I, when I first started Silverdale, when I first did it for the very first nano that I did I'd only ever written stuff in my bedroom in notebooks I had like a notebook with like fan fiction in it and I had like notebooks like I've still got them like loads of notebooks where I've started stories and then not finished them and I'd just never shown them anyone and then I think oh god I can't I can't remember when it was it might have been it was anyway it was about 10 years ago probably still roughly about that I started putting fan fiction online so I started getting actual critique on my writing and then I started writing with other people in like cooperative 
so like there's a big um role-playing community on tumblr and i used to be when it was like in its heyday i was part of that and i was getting feedback all the time i was getting i was being able to learn from other writers as well so then and also the the thing with silverdeer is silverdeer is like it's like a um oh my god it's like a love letter to like Indiana Jones and the Mummy and things like that. So I think that's why it took me so long as well. Whereas Colorless was, it's a YA dystopian. And when I started writing it, I was really angry when I started writing it. And I think that's why it didn't take me as long because I was that it's quite political. Oh, so that's that's it. That kind of fed into it. I like the description that you use of uh silver deer because like obviously in, in your bio and i said you describe it as swashbuckling which is just something i kind of feel is that immediately um you've piqued my interest at, at that point but then a love letter to indiana jones um i'm very interested no it's it's because when like a lot i'm in the same with a lot of stuff that i write it's because when i grew up i was watching something like indiana jones and i was like i really want to be indiana jones and there was no girl version of indiana jones it was just indiana jones or nothing it was the ghostbusters or nothing it was james bond or like there wasn't many female characters doing those roles or if they were doing those roles they weren't doing them the same way that indiana jones did because they had to be like slightly sexual in some way or something like just it's just a completely different thing and that's so that was my whole thing was like I want to write something where it's like a like a a bit of a female Indiana Jones yeah it makes it very interesting and and it's interesting how you said that you started writing fan fiction can I ask what the fan fiction was what ip was the fan fiction centered around if you don't mind me asking no one's going to see how you responded to me asking that question but you did <laughs> visibly blush and hide your face <laughs> okay i'm not embarrassed because most of it's not out there anymore so it's fine <laughs> <laughs> i had um harry potter fan fiction i had diagnosis murder fan fiction i had gotham grim Oh my god! Just li- everything that I've once upon a time. It like there was loads of it. There was just loads. Of it. <laughs> I love that. I'm sort of. I never got into fan fiction. I uh, I didn't read it. I didn't have any communities online, and I'm sort of envious of someone who did because it seems like such a perfect place to practice your craft in a pre-existing world. Is that what you found? Did that entice you just to play with the building blocks that someone else had already set up? Yeah, because like world building is hard. Like especially if you're if you're building a world from scratch or you're building like a lot of fantasy stuff. But when you like when you write fan fiction, you get to play in somebody else's world. So I used to write a lot of fan fiction with original characters in it because I wanted to play in somebody else's world and be able to create something in that world at the same time and it it just it was so much fun because you, you've also got people who are then fans of the characters that you're writing about who might have different takes on them or they might absolutely love what you're doing and then there's other people that are like diehard fans and they will tell you if you've got something wrong <laughs> <laughs> they will absolutely tell you if you've got something wrong but it did everything for because if you're just sat in your room writing and writing to yourself you and maybe like you show it to like your best mate or your mum or something it never really builds your confidence properly and that's what being online did for me because I remember getting absolutely crucified in some some comments and I it took me a minute and then once I stepped back I was like oh do you know what they are actually right and then it also helped me build a thick skin because I was like, there were other times where it was just people who just hated it. And I was like, well, I don't care because I like it and <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point as well. I didn't think about that, that finishing it 
is so Im- such an important thing to learn about writing. Just finishing what you start is so important. Getting it in front of people. But because you're getting it in front of people who already know and love the world, yeah, they are going to be perhaps judging you on another level than something that's a completely new IP. And the fact that you can build your thick skin and I was going to call it a safe space, but the internet is not a safe space whatsoever. (laughs) Not at all. (laughs) So what was it like when you got your first bit of criticism? How did you go from the obvious response to someone kind of um, tearing apart your work to what you said of developing you know, that sort of attitude, like, well, I like it. It doesn't matter. I think uh, over time, I sort of, I started to learn what was good critique and what was bad critique. And you can always say, if somebody just writes, when you first get a comment that's like somebody just writing, I hate this on it, it crushes you. But then after time, when you learn that somebody who writes, there's a difference between somebody writing... I don't like this because it portrays this character this way. And there's a difference between that and somebody saying, I don't like this or hate this or just calling you names because of it. Because one is normally trying to be helpful but and telling you why they don't, they don't particularly like it, which is helpful to other people who won't like reading that particular version of a character or, you know, like that that particular version of a world and yeah I just kind of sort of learned the difference between the two and then I sort of learned to be like you can't make everybody happy I mean I already knew like because I was always the weird kid like I was always the weird kid (laughs) you know I used to run around the playground playing Jurassic Park like I was the weird kid and um we we would have we would have been friends yeah 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 yeah. (laughs) And um, so I already knew that not everybody's going to like the stuff that you do. And I think, and then just that sort of mentality. And I also have this weird thing in my brain where I'm just like, I don't care. Like on the one hand, I'm just like, I'm going to do me. And if you don't like it, then that's your problem, not mine. Okay, so this this makes me think. I'm I'm going to jump around in topics, but just when you said that, this makes me think about it. Like, because I think, and correct me if I'm wrong. I'm not even sure if this is really a question, but I think like that being authentic, authentically you, or being quite genuine, is something that's quite important to you. Be, or or it ju- or maybe just comes naturally. Um, because when we were in the boot camp, that's obviously where where I first met you. You were very much kind of I, I like to think that I'm quite authentic and genuine myself you're just you were just there and you were just unapologetically you and I loved it and you quickly became one of the you know just the, the big characters of the group Sam was also one you know there was a few others that I'm hoping that we'll get on this show at some point down the line because it was such a great collection of people is that something that comes naturally to you just that attitude of this is me take it or leave it or was it something that you had to work on during that time when you were putting out fan fiction for example I think it's it's a bit both and I think it's part of it is it comes naturally to me and also part of it is because before even before before fan fiction I was the weird kid so it was you you either I never felt comfortable trying to be something that I wasn't like especially in school and places like that so I was just like you know what everyone else is talking about Backstreet Boys now I'm going to talk about the like James Bond like it's (laughs) you know I'm going to I'm going to talk about the carry on films while everybody else talks about Britney Spears (laughs) it it was that kind of thing and like growing up, like especially when I was a teenager, I was very much like, "This is me. You take it or leave it." Like I was no, I was like not known, but people knew me in college, and they didn't know my name. They just knew I was the girl that was always in fancy dress. That was it. 
Oh, but that's fantastic, though, right? That's such a great <laughs> position to be in, I think. Or maybe I'm the weird kid, yeah, too. I'm not no, sure. That's that's it. They, they knew they didn't know my name, but they knew I was the girl always in fancy dress. That was it. And then I think I lost. I did lose my way a bit with that. And then I found it like. I found it again after I really got into drag race which is RuPaul's drag race which is the drag queens because that is very much like they are very much they they are the weird kids and I sort of found like a bit of a sort of fictional well they're not fictional but like that kind of that was my tribe sort of thing and I was like okay yeah that's that's it so I think it's just I think it's a bit both I think mostly it's just come naturally to me yeah I think it's so important to to develop that thick skin and it's so important to to be yourself because the natural thing to do especially when you're putting yourself out out online or in a new group is to try and I don't know to try and mirror this sort of mood to try and mirror how what everyone else is doing but ultimately it's unsatisfying in the long run I think and you're going to be much I found that I've been much happier when I just just storm into a storm into a room or into a group and just be myself and it doesn't really matter and I saw that same quality in you I saw it in Sam too and it was it's it's very appealing and it's it's clear because you know we've both come out of the of the boot camp with with a lot of friends like people are drawn to that to that quality when you can just be yourself and if you could if anyone could bottle it, it would be um, a big seller. It would be it would be great. I, I don't exactly know how I got to this mindset. I was a punk rock kid, so also one of nice. the weirdos. So yep. I think it's like an old <laughs> punk rock attitude too. But it's still something that I have to remind myself to do. And that's why I was wondering if maybe there was something that you actively did. Or maybe it's just self-acceptance. That makes me uh, think then, because you've spoken about community when you were talking about the fan fiction community. You also kind of talked about com community when you mentioned your MA and you were writing amongst other writers. And there's the obvious uh, connection to community because both you and I met in a writing group. What was your experience of book camp way back in November? I have mine and I'm wondering what yours was looking back on it now a few months on. So I went into boot camp thinking, because I'm, I'm really introverted. Like, I really, really need my own space. The pandemic has been like my, like, it's been everybody else's hell and it's been my heaven because I've been like allowed to work from home and I've not had to feel obligated to go out anywhere. <laughs> um, so I went into boot camp thinking, right, I'm just going to be, the weird kid in the corner, obviously everybody else is going to be writers as well. Some of them will be a little bit weird, but I imagined that it was just going to be like, I don't know. I just, I just imagined I was going to go in, get my words and then leave. And then when I got in there, it was completely different. It just, it took a bit of time, but then there was just all these people in there that I really wanted to wanted to get to know and they were like like you've you mentioned about Sam and obviously like Sam is amazing and she like the first time I saw a picture of her I was like she's my kind of gal and I wanted to, I kind of wanted to be wanted to get to know her and then it just like the way we bounce off each other just sort of happened naturally and then there was like there was other people like there was you and there was Emma and there was like there was a few others in there that I wanted to that I did want to get to know but I'm actually quite shy <laughs> so I don't like to bother people it's it's more like I don't like to bother people so I will just be like right okay I'll just I'll take a step back I'll maybe send, send a meme once in a while that's <laughs> that's it <laughs> and then we'll see if we start a conversation and then yeah that was it and then we had those we had like sessions on like a Saturday and Sunday where um they weren't as structured and there was quite a few people in them and 
like Deb is another one who is she's just she's amazing she's such a character like she is she just drops she just has sounds like she's had the most interesting life and when she drops random facts in and I love somebody that because I love hearing stories so I love listening to other people talk about themselves and their stories and like where stuff's come from and every time she started talking it was like Sorry, can you just go? Can you just go back to that, and can we talk about <laughs> that? For a minute? And then, yeah, the Saturday sessions we just ended up like there was four or five of us that just constantly were on them, and we would spend like eight hours talking. And most of, I mean, me and Sam still got our words in. <laughs> anyway. We did like we had like fifteen thousand word days that day, and we maybe spent like <laughs> six of them talking. <laughs> Yeah, I remember coming in on a couple of the weekend e- epic sessions, and I had my definitely had my best word days. I never had the the lofty height word days that you you guys achieved, but I think I had like a five thousand word day, which for me is really really good on a Saturday session. And it was like ten hours or something. I was yeah. I, I don't even remember exactly how how long ago it was, but I think it's kind of amazing. And. I've spoken I've spoken about this before on the episode with Sam because we spoke a lot about the boot camp and anyone who's listening to this thinking what is this boot camp they're talking about definitely go back to episode 65 we we kind of explain essentially it was a a NaNoWriMo writers group that uh the great writer share host Dan set up and around I don't know around 16 17 people joined that boot camp and we all would get together a couple of times a week and do writing sprints and there was just this perfect storm of people that got together i only signed up at the last minute jumped in found this incredible community and can't believe that we're months on and still meeting up like on saturday night i jumped into a call with you and a couple of the other OG members of Bootcamp expecting to jump in just to say hello for five minutes, and we were still talking at 2 a.m. in the morning. I never expected that to to come into my life because of NaNoWriMo Bootcamp November 2020. So it's just it's just magic. It is. It it was. It it was because I I I like. <sighs> I don't, I don't know. After November, sort of as we came to the end of November, I was like, right, we're going to do the do like um, the leaving party thing. And then probably half of these people will never speak to me again because it will be like be like that thing. And just because that's sometimes it just happens in life. Like you meet a group of people, you have an amazing time with them for a month and then half of them disappear. And then the facts that like... I've still been able to keep talking to half of years is just it's filled my cold little heart with joy. (laughs) (laughs) Both you and Sam have now been recorded and immortalized getting a bit a bit soft and a bit mushy and uh, saying how much you loved it and um, both of you were kind of a little bit reluctant in saying it but there you go you heard it folks it's like it, it is a joy it is a joy get me some shots and i'll get more shit that's <laughs> <laughs> um okay so that's you looking back on it well, i guess we've cut we've kind of covered that but i but i wonder two two months three months on what have you taken from what you learned what happened in boot camp how how did it change your writing and how is it still changing your writing now? If at all. I'm not sure. Right, okay. Now I'm going to get mushy. Oh, here get we go. Get your tissues ready. <laughs> Excellent. This is what I was angling for. I'm... So I'm not sure it changed my writing apart from it sort of reaffirmed to me that I can write quickly and I can write a lot. Um, so it kind of reaffirmed that to me, which I think I needed that. I needed to know that I could do it and I needed to know that I could finish, actually finish another book as well. Um, 
But what it did more was it changed me as a person, like a little bit, because the past couple of years I'd become kind of a little bit cynical about because I mean I don't like how do you make how do you make friends as an adult? Like, what do you do? Like, you can't just go... It's not like in films where you can just go and sit in a pub on your own and then you suddenly meet someone. Like, that's not how it works. And, like, when you're a kid, it's like, oh, yeah, I like this. And, like, when I used to be part of the the roleplay community, that that's, like, your common interest is because you, you're writing two characters and you know, you say, oh, I want to write with that person. And then that's, and then eventually over time you start talking and then you become, become friends with them. But I was like, I, cause outside, apart from work, I was like, I don't understand how you're supposed to thingy. So I, for me, I was kind of getting a bit cynical and I was like, I'll just stay in my little bubble for forever. It's fine. I don't, you know, my days of making friends are long gone. And then along came you lot. With <laughs> along with all... came you lot. And the flaming Sam. And <laughs> and I was just like, it's... Because for a while, I think I've had friends. And I put those in sort of apostrophes around. That mo- sort of probably more acquaintances that have sort of taken more than they've give kind of thing and in this I found people who give as much as they take if that makes sense because there's very few I have very few friends like very few friends I could probably can count my friends on the palm of my hand um palm of my hand on my fingers whatever (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't going to pick you up on that but that's fine (laughs) And there's like, yeah, there's a few, <laughs> there's a, so there's a few people I talk to consistently who do, who I do have that kind of exchange with, but I'd just given up hope of finding more people like that. And then you lot came along. And we're still here. And, that's and we're it. not going and anywhere. Still, that's the thing as well. That's the thing. I think that's the thing that surprised me more than anything is that. It's now January 2021, and people are still here. That's that's. Now I think I think the making friends as an a- an adult is a really interesting thing because just to bring bring it back to to writing because I'm such a professional host of Great Writer Share. I think it does. <laughs> I think there's there's parallels between like making friends and what what might be considered although i don't like the word net like networking as well it's it's like it's like upgraded networking when you you go out and you start to meet people and then eventually those people that you meet are going to be friends and i think it actually comes back to something we were talking about before or this is definitely an aspect of it which is the authenticity so because you came in and were just yourself unapologetically yourself not hiding behind anything not putting on a mask and trying to be someone else and people were just drawn to you and putting your putting yourself out there which is the the action of signing up for something like uh, a writing group like bootcamp or an ma like you're doing or getting involved in tumblr and doing fan fiction um is you kind of doing the work by putting yourself out there and then while you're out there if you are being yourself and you are doing the doing the work which you absolutely did with your high work counts and, and things like that and yeah just being you people your people are going to be drawn to you and i think that's kind of the secret i don't know because i had the same problem i like when about eight years ago i basically moved to the other side of the country and i completely transplanted myself out of my friend group and for a long time i was just adrift like i've never had to do this especially guys guys make friends out of necessity i remember in college my my friend (laughs) my friend in college for the entire time i was there was literally the first guy that came in and sat in my row 
in my in the first lecture that I was in, it was like, okay, we're friends now. This is it. Perfect. Uh, obviously, it, it grows. The friend group grows over time. But young guys, especially, they have this weird making friends through necessity thing. And I didn't know how to do it. And eventually, over a long period of time, I just had to, I just had to learn. And I realized, oh yeah, you talking to myself. I I had to I had to do stuff and 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 try and meet people and so often it doesn't pan out because the magic's not there and the stars don't align in the way it did with our little group and you know you can't really manufacture it so there's a hefty dose of luck a hefty dose of being genuine being yourself and and who knows what else who knows it's it's something that you can't buy and you can't like you said you can't manufacture it either yeah it's either there or it's not and I just got very, 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 very lucky. <laughs> I, I feel incredibly lucky too. There are people, a lot of the names that you've mentioned, I think that I will be friends with for a very, very long time. And I'm very glad to have met you all and to be speaking to you now. One of the names that we've mentioned a bunch of times, you've brought her up just there, is Sam. I just want to dig in. This is, again, there's no structure to this. And... <laughs> This is a perfect time to bring up the new podcast that you guys just launched. <laughs> it just came out yesterday. As I said in my intro, I had a little aside in my intro. I never break intros normally in, in the podcast, but I had to at least mention the fact that I did try to write a snappy descriptor for this podcast. I'll let you name it in just a second. And I failed spectacularly. So tell us about the podcast, Laura. So the podcast is called the Mom I Podcast. <laughs> no, sorry, the Mom I Queens Podcast. Yeah. Because me and Sam think that you either love us or you hate us. Like Marmite, other brands of yeast extract are available. <laughs> <laughs> And we 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 didn't want to get sued by Marmite, so we were like, if we do it, Marm and Marm is spelled A M apostrophe A M, and then I is A I G H T. <laughs> it would be fun, and <laughs> it is a in the in the uh, intro we describe it as a car crashing into a dumpster fire, which is exactly what it is. <laughs> It's. I got a sneak peek. Obviously, it's out today, so I could have listened to it just with the the regular release. But I, I was fortunate enough to get a sneak peek uh, of it last night when you guys had finished the edit. And um, I listeners maybe don't know this about me, but I also have another podcast uh, called A Nice Chianti, which I have previously described as chaos. But I now know that I did not know what <laughs> chaos was. <laughs> Because I'm just going to call it the Mar the Marmite podcast, the Marmite Queens for just now, because it's easier for my Scottish accent to say. It's it's quite spectacular in <laughs> all the ways that I expected it to be. Because I know you guys, I know why. I I just having been around you on some of the less structured uh, boot camp calls, it's just that bottled and contained for all the world to download to their podcast app of choice yeah it's really something special that you have <laughs> um what is the what's how would you describe other than a car crash into a dumpster fire how do you describe like the content and what you guys talk about on there because there's a structure you there's a little bit of a structure to it I think you're doing yourself yeah. a slight disservice. <laughs> we have a little bit of a structure. So we do, when when me, me and Sam were talking, Sam was like, we should do a podcast. And I started laughing and she was like, no, we should do a podcast. And I laughed again. And then she was like, no, we should do a post podcast. And I was like, okay, then. And when we were coming up with the structure, it was originally just going to be things we loved and things we hated. And then I was like, maybe we could do something a bit more. So now it's, we look basically it's basically us shooting the shit and then we have um a randomly generated word that we have to find stories about so we 
do like one thing we've loved and one thing we'd hated throughout the week and then we do a randomly generated word and we go away and we find weird or entertaining or funny stories and then tell them to each other and just hope that the other one hasn't heard them and we don't tell each other them before the podcast either so it's it could literally be anything (laughs) and that was it and then that was it and then we just we recorded the first one on sunday and we were like yep let's just let's just do it let's just throw it out there (laughs) i like it i like it you've definitely got a subscriber in me Uh, i like the fact that you go away and sort of do some research beforehand as well and i was just wondering like what is the because ultimately researching stories for your podcast and maybe doing research for writing there's some parallels there so i was just wondering like when you get presented i know you've only done it once or twice now but when you get presented with a new word what's your process to go away and research that and try and find the juiciest stories that you can around that if there is a process (laughs) so i like really weird like i like really weird facts like i've got a book downstairs on cannibalism like and I've got a book about octopuses and I've got a book about dead people downstairs. Like I've got like so many random facts in my head as well because I love reading weird stuff. So I will literally go on like our word this week was fireman. So I literally just went on Google and typed in weird stories, fireman. And then I went through about three pages on Google until I found this like list of obscure ones and then from that I went googling some more and found like more stuff out and that that's basically it because I do a similar thing for my um for like the newsletter that I do and I do it when I'm writing as well so any Silver is full of like fantasy creatures that are most of them are based on obscure mythology because I love finding out just weird stuff. I just like weird stuff. <laughs> I totally get it. I'm right there with I you. I'm I like... Like if, I think I'm like if Tim Burton and the Carry On films like mesh together and then Mighty <laughs> Boosh sort of got in on it. Like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is such a perfect description. And I that is got like you've got to put that on one of your book covers at some point tim Burton did carry on films yeah perfect via the mighty bush uh we have a we have a couple of i've just realized that the last 45 minutes have flown by we have a few patreon questions for you um (laughs) yeah you are uh one of the the members of our of our little Patreon behind the scenes. So these had to be DM'd to me so that you wouldn't see them and be able to prepare. I actually think everyone's been very kind because you are famously in the group, the the kind of queen of really, really out there questions. Listeners may not be aware, but we, uh, as I, when I say we, I mean me and the other hosts, have a monthly show that goes out just to our patrons and we ask, for questions it's just a Q&A show very unstructured it always descends into some form of chaos and I'm always very excited to see what your questions are Laura <laughs> because you never disappoint so when I asked the, the other patrons if they had any for you I was expecting them to be a bit more out there but you know we'll see how you get on with these so uh Dan Wilcox asks <laughs> you might, he's He's kept this pretty straight, pretty straight down the line. This is very professional. What's the biggest obstacle standing between you and your writing dreams? Myself. <laughs> I can admit that. <laughs> I think that's why he's putting. <laughs> no, yeah, it is myself. It's it's a thousand percent myself. And why is that? Because I am batshit insane, and I. <laughs> you're too busy researching weird things on google this is the problem i'm too busy looking at how to bury a body this is (laughs) dan (laughs) uh dan wilcox also asks what's your worst writing habit oh i'm actually not sure probably getting distracted 
Okay. Probably because I will, if I write a sentence and then I'm like, and then three hours later, it's I've not written anymore and I've researched and gone down a, a Wikipedia hole of like <laughs> ridiculousness. But I think there's, there's probably, I have a habit of starting handwriting stuff and then swapping to writing on the keyboard and then swapping back to handwriting is like a procrastination thing i think <laughs> that's right i can't believe i forgot about that you i remember be, sitting in a boot camp with you and you were sitting with your notepad and we were all sitting at our keyboards typing away and you were writing in longhand i uh is that something that you really put down to procrastination because i thought when i saw that and i didn't say it at the time because i think we were just jumping into another sprint i was like whoa there's a there's a pro writer there. If you're writing, <laughs> like, you know, you're doing your 1,600-odd words for NaNoWriMo, if you're doing them handwritten, that seems impressive to me. Why was it that you were doing that? Is that something you've always done? Yeah. I I feel more comfortable handwriting, um, mostly handwriting the first draft and then the only reason I had to stop during nano is because my arm was just hurting too much and I think it was just the desk that I was writing on and the fact I'd written like the first Silver Day novel up in like two weeks all handwritten <laughs> but I, I find it helps with drafting because if you do the first if I do the first draft roughly in the book then I've got to type it up and it's like as I'm going through while I'm typing it up I'm sort of getting down what because it's just in a different format so i'm sort of clocking what's what's not right like what needs changing adapting like all that kind of stuff but it is also definitely a procrastination tool because i will start writing something in a notebook and then i will go oh no i better type it instead (laughs) and then a couple of days later i will be like oh no i better write it instead Oh, yeah, I kind of know what you know what you mean when you give yourself maybe too many options. Yeah. Then it just gives you opportunities to swap and switch over and not finish things. Yeah. Okay. Good point. Um, Sam asks, Sam, your co-host asks, where do you get your inspiration from, especially as you are a multi-genre author? Movies. No, it's not even a. Movies and TV, and that's that's it. Because I just the reason I write the reason I wanted to write is because I wanted to write movies, but like as a book, like I want to get that feeling that I get from the f- movies in a book. <laughs> I get. I, I, I'm totally with you on that. Yeah, I'm. I'm exactly the same. More so with movies than with other books i'm definitely more of a movie geek than a than a book geek I, yeah or, yeah or a movie fan than a than a reader uh sam also asks what would you say are your three dominant character traits loyal aggressive <laughs> <laughs> and Oh, I don't weird. I don't know. Strange. Is that oh. a character trait? <laughs> I'll take it. Yeah, definitely. We're gonna go. We're gonna go with weird because this just in. Sam also asks, and oh, this is God. where the questions really step up a notch, and I'm getting pre- pretty pleased with them. Of those loyal, aggressive, weird character traits, uh, can you please play fuck, marry, kill? Which do you want to fuck? Which do you want to marry? And which do you want to kill? And that is from Sam. What did I say again? Brave. You said loyal, aggressive, loyal. and weird. Well, I mean. And while uh, Laura is thinking, I will apologise to the listeners for the naughty words, but the game <laughs> uh, "Fuck Mary Kill" <laughs> is something that comes up quite often in the behind the scenes group and it's a game that laura has requested the hosts play with one another which we are absolutely never going to do that and it just seems to be something that we can't escape 
<laughs> so now it's being thrown back at you. Okay, I have my answer. Go for it. Right. Well, we're going to bump off the loyal one because I mean they're going to be boring. <laughs> so I mean, probably fuck the aggressive one because you know, that's going to probably be kind of hot. And then that means we're marrying weird or you're is marrying. This, is I've this got like nothing if it's a clone it. of yourself as well? Yeah. So then marry weird. Imagine the wedding. I think those are pretty perfect answers. Excellent. Um, <laughs> before we go into the quick fire round, we have one question. I'm sure you know it. We ask it to everyone, to all of our guests. Why do you write? Because if I didn't, I would go insane. And also I would be incredibly trapped. That's that's literally it. It's another form of freedom. Like it's another place to escape to. Perfect answer. All right, we've got our quick fire round. I know you've heard these before, so you know the rules. You can pass if you need to, but I don't think you will need to. I think you'll nah. be okay. Are you <laughs> ready for the quick fire questions? I am ready. Okay. Question one Marmite, love or hate it? Love. Question two We are at the bar and you are ordering shots, but they've just sold their last black Sambuca. And they're all out. So what are we drinking? Normal Sambuca. Fair enough. Number three, <laughs> Rory McCann or Alan Rickman? Oh, how dare you? <laughs> <laughs> oh. Alan Rickman's dead. So Rory McCann. Fair enough. Question four. What's the most exotic animal you have or would like to have in your ultimate menagerie of pets? used to be a tiger but now i just really want a capybara capybaras are like giant guinea pigs yep <laughs> good answer uh question five what's your favorite word fuck question six. Oh no <laughs> question six. Oh no it's the zombie apocalypse what is the first thing that you're doing getting a cricket bat going to the winchester <laughs> And waiting for all this to blow over. I love it. Question seven. What is the last weird fact that you learned? The amount of... Uh, I can't say it because it's too rude for that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you can tell me after we finished uh, recording. I'm it very intrigued now. Podcast, <laughs> <laughs> uh, question eight. Pineapple on pizza. Is that a good or a bad thing? Ew, no, get out. Question nine. What book are you currently reading? Uh, the Sisters Grimm by... I don't know who it's by. The book The Sisters Grimm. Question ten. You may recognise this one. Your plane crashes on a mysterious island. There's no <laughs> food other than the bodies of the four great writer share hosts. Who are you eating first and why? <laughs> you're not... so Right, so you're out because you're not supposed to eat you're not supposed to eat meat eaters because that's how you get ill. And you eat a lot of steak and eggs. I do. I'm definitely not bumping off Faye because she knows how to handle a gun. And I reckon she could be pretty good at hunting as well. <laughs> if I said she is a hunter or something, so, I don't I, know. I believe she is. Uh, it's down to Dan and Holly then. I don't think either of them are vegetarians just by your logic no. of why I'm out. Both of them. <laughs> one for dinner, well, one for dessert. <laughs> and that was your question 10. So one little bonus one. Question 11. Where can our listeners find out more about you and all that you're working on? Uh, I am on Instagram. It's probably the best best place to find me where I do lots of lip syncs and stuff at um, Better Late Than Novel. Yeah, I will put all the links uh, into the show notes. So websites instagram also links to the new marmite queens podcast um laura thank you very very much for joining me on the show best of luck with everything you've got going on thank you for having me it's been very fun thanks for listening to this episode of the great writer share podcast tune in next week when Faye will be joined by jenna green
Don't forget that you can catch up on the entire backlist of Great Writer Share episodes, plus a ton of behind-the-scenes content, early access to episodes, our Slack group, monthly Q&As with me and the other hosts, and even one-to-one coaching from Dan by joining our Patreon from as little as $1 a month. Head on over to patreon.com forward slash greatwritershare for all the details. Until next time.